0: Hey, eavesdroppers, welcome to Flapping Our Lips. We're just three sisters talking about random things.
1: And today we invite you to eavesdrop on our conversation. So we'll talk today about family trees, family history. How do you go about finding it? Are you surprised by things you found out? So let's get into it. So I'll start. I had the um, a great experience this year of going to Charleston, South Carolina, and while I was there, I visited a slave plantation, which was uh, for anyone who it, um, I think it was an extraordinary experience. It was well kept in um, the, the slave quarters. They had about three or four slave quarters that were there and they were in this like, pristine condition from the 1800s. And this is about 400 acres of land still preserved with the main house and the slave quarters and they had a person who was a descendant of the slaves who worked on the plantation until the 1980s and you could have slapped me down with a feather I was flabbergasted because he was living in that home he raised his children grandchildren some of whom came back to work on the plantation as the horticulture expert and um with no running electricity in these houses they had outhouses and they had currently and today they have a cord running through um one of the one of the homes and the homes were built in different periods of time but excellent condition to give you a, a a perception of what it was like to live in those uh slave quarters where they have families of a living a living about 11 12 whatever your family was you was living in a room that was about 12 by 12 maybe it had a loft space for the children it had a fire of brick stove pots um, bed pans little beds maybe one bed maybe one baby bed um, wood floors some people had in the earlier later days newspaper on the ceiling to um, as a I don't know what the newspaper why it was put on the ceiling. I don't know if it was used as a like a to stop leaks or whatever the case may be. Um, it was very low. I'm pretty tall. The ceilings were very low. Uh, I don't know if people were smaller. I'm assuming maybe in some cases they were. But anyhow, this, I had this wonderful experience. But it was crazy to see that it was hot. It was very dense with a lot of shrubs. The only reason why they built these wood homes was because the mud homes that they originally built had um, used to get wet and cause disease, malaria, and so people were getting sick and dying off. And so the slave master was like, oh, no, we can't have the people dying off. They built the wood homes because they realized that the bugs were just infesting, and it took them probably like 100 years to actually get to these wood homes. So after coming back from the trip, um, I shared this experience with our parents and they said, oh, this looks like homes where we're from. And we live this way and we had the same thing. And I was like, what? Y'all live like this? Oh my goodness. And it was mind blowing to me. Or they saw, you know, the outhouses that they still had to use and experience, you know, not having toilet tissue, which I take for granted, and during the pandemic, pandemic I had to make sure I was never without because I was never using my hand or rags, which may have been suggested to me by others if I ran out. Absolutely <laughs> not. So um, it was really a surprise, and it gave me a new sense of understanding, um, respect for them that. Wow, you know, you persevered through conditions that I could never. I'm, I, I'm sure if I was put in there, if I was put in there today, it'd be like a Survivor episode, huh. or Naked and Afraid, some some kind of survival show. Um, but they have come from and built a life from really a place of m- meager means to some place that is great and good and wonderful. I'm I'm just, I was really mind blown. And so I was really surprised and they really went through, you know, their experience with me and talked to me about how they came to this country. And they say that the smartest people in the countries are the ones who are able to immigrate and be successful. That's really the immigration story. And I was like, wow, you know, you you just, it gave me a new sense of understanding of them that I didn't have or um, would never have asked If I didn't take that trip and have that experience.
0: You know, that's, that's fascinating. And, you know, I know we started off this conversation about, um, uh, family trees, um, but uh, about family trees. Um, but it makes me, uh, just listening to you talk about that experience that our parents had, uh, brought, to my uh, recollection, a conversation that I had with our mom, who, as you you know, know that I spent a lot of time living in Guyana uh, at a very young age um, because um, our our mom returned to the United States and I stayed with a relative. And somehow we had this conversation uh, about, why I was there in Guyana because as you know it's hard to leave your child behind and what she shared with me was at the time in order for her to get a visa to return to the United States the laws of Guyana said that you had to leave your kid behind because they wanted to ensure that They weren't losing all of their citizens and that those individuals would never return. And when she shared that with me, you know, I was shocked, first and foremost, but also very empathetic because at this point I had children of my own. Just the thought of having to make a decision about how can I better support these young people in the future and the sacrifice that I have to make to leave this person behind um, for however long it takes. And this is not a unique experience that my our mom had. A lot of people from the Caribbean made this decision, but hearing her talk about it, um, I'm like the the kind of strength that one has to have to make that decision and foresight that I'm doing this because ultimately I think it will be better. Um, for her. And when I think back to when she returned for me, which what is probably six, seven years later, um, at that point, I know you, I don't even know her anymore. So I don't know anybody. And so it was just fascinating to think about how hard that must have been for her. Um, and it, it, you know, and and it just gave me a a, a different sense of respect for all her and all my dad and all the people that have to make that really difficult decision and continue to do it today, maybe from different countries, certainly, um, just seeking a better life for their family.
1: Right. And the time that it took them or it took her and, you know, our father to, work to have to go and pick you up because I remember when you came right so it was I wasn't even alive when you were born and then by the time you came you had this whole new situation you're coming into and but I remember I clearly remember them sending things for you and I would be like I want that It would be doll stuff. I want it. I would never get it. I wasn't getting that stuff here. So I was like, who is this person? I so clearly remember as a little girl, who is this person? They putting this stuff in a barrel for, and why? But then when you came, I was so happy to have you. Like, oh, this is a new person. Like, I, I, I just, it was immediately you were, you know, you might've been terrified, but for me, it was you know, hey, you know, this is a person that, wow, is a sister. I don't even know her, but she's my sister. So I was very excited. Not that I've, we've never had this conversation, but that's what I felt. I never felt like, uh, you know, pluck you away. Uh, You're taking my shine. (laughs)
2: Um, You know, it's interesting. Um, As you're talking, one of the things I'm remembering, because I went with our mom, to Guyana when we went to get you. And as you were talking earlier about the the living conditions, you know, one of of my memories of Guyana was definitely like, you know, having to shower in a um, cement box, you know, having been raised in America to return to someplace where, you know, this was still normal. Where people left outside their house into a concrete enclosure with um, wood, wood planks on the floor to take a shower. You know, it was. You know, there were still semblances of um, the colonization of, of the way their life was still there, even at that time. You know, it it hadn't it had progressed, but there was still Ways in which it was the same. Um, people listening may not know what a posy is, but people still use that or a, you know, a chamber right pot, on. I guess they would call it mm-hmm. um, in the British world. Um, those were things that were still normal. So there was still a lot of um, ways in which they hadn't really progressed that far and coming, and I I really appreciated coming from here and going there and being able to be humbled enough to be like, wow. You know, and like you said, it was like, this is my sister. And I was happy to see her and never met her. And like you, I had the same experiences where stuff that was, I thought was supposed to be for me was being put in barrels and sending off to to Guyana. Like, uh, excuse me, that was my cake. Why is it going to (laughs) Guyana? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Who is this person in Guyana who gets to live this life? (laughs) And not really realizing that the life there was, you know, I was living the good life. I was living the good life. This person, you know, was living um, a different style of life, didn't even, didn't even, you know, have the benefits of a shower with a tub, an indoor toilet, the whole nine yards and all the things that I just took for granted here.
0: Yeah, it's fascinating. You know, just listening to you all talk about, uh, certainly you and your uh, your view of what you saw at what was you you were eight what 15 at the time and looked like a grown lady to me because <laughs> you just look fancy compared to what <laughs> I was used to but you know a horse and wagon was still customary in Guyana that's a you know that's how people were carrying their lumber down the street. Not many people had motorized vehicles you maybe the taxi driver and the the little bus. Uh, only the wealthy had cars. There was no television. But for a few people that I was aware, I'd never seen a television show ever until I arrived in the United States. That was just foreign. We listened to everything on the radio. So supermarkets were not a thing. You went to the market, the open-air market. I had paper dolls and then some stuff that, of course, our parents sent to me. So it was definitely a very, very different, um, lifestyle. Now I didn't see it as a bad lifestyle. It was just what I knew. I didn't know anything different. Um, and yes, it, it was scary to arrive in a place where when I reflect on it today, I'm like, I didn't know anybody, anybody who was here. Um, at all. So, but, you know, just, just good. And, you know, I just go back to uh, the, the fact that our parents just worked really hard to make it even possible for any of us in any of our various and sundry generations that we have today, just possible for us and our children. Uh, Because if they didn't make that uh, sort of brave leap to to say I'm going to leave everything that I know behind and come to America and try to do something different, um, we wouldn't be here doing the things that we have the the privilege and the opportunity to do today. They We, we just even wouldn't.
1: When they, I'm sorry. And even when they arrived, they did everything that they could to be a success and to make it work with whatever they could however they could remain, however they could say, I'm going to be a citizen of this country. Um, I'm going to do it, whatever it, t- whatever it takes. And that to me is such tenacity and, um, strength. Like you said, I, I so, you know, for me, when people say, Oh, Yo, you know, you did, you're good or you're, you're doing something greater. Oh, I'm like, uh, How can I not, if my parents came with 40 something dollars in their pocket, that's it, that is it. How can I live and be born here and not try to do better? If not, I just, I, I can't even fathom or imagine not taking advantage of the opportunity to do better than they did because they were able to build a home, take care of their children, you know, provide for us. And while, you know, I always had to be looking at what other people had, cause I always wanted something fancy and fashionista. But they like, oh, they're looking what they have, look at where they live, duh, you got to work hard. Oh, okay, all right, but can I get these shelling coats, please? And earrings. I don't care how much it costs. And I realize it probably was one month's mortgage payment. But... Um, or we have these mouths to feed. But they did it and so you know it's i I definitely have to just continue to keep that in the forefront of everything that i do it probably stays with me as just you know a a purse that i carry
2: um wow that was really a, a very serious trip down memory road and and an opportunity to reflect and, as you said, be so grateful for the sacrifices our parents made to allow us to even be able to be on a forum like this discussing it, you know? So I am grateful and thankful for their sacrifice, their hard work, and for the, uh, and for the countless many things that they went through that I'll, I will never know. So with that, I'll say thanks for eavesdropping with us. New
0: episodes drop weekly.
1: To share your comments, say hi, recommend topics, or ask for advice, reach us at flapyourlips at gmail.com. That's F-L-A-P-Y-O-L-I-P-S at gmail.com.